Now, an entire industry has emerged of uh, consultants and uh, analysts and advisors. And uh, I've certainly in my own life done uh, my fair share work of uh, work in the municipal space. And and uh, I was hoping to speak to uh, uh, one of those uh, consulting companies, indeed, so consulting, Mialani Oleni. was going to join us, but uh, I guess Peter uh, Neamaklaesha, and uh, we'll uh, certainly have to have that conversation some other time. He's uh, currently. Uh, uh, before Mabonagote at this point in time responding uh, to uh, some of the outcomes of uh, uh, the 2018, 2017-18 financial year, uh, which were released by uh, the gentleman we just spoke to, uh, Auditor General Kimi Makwetu. And uh, it would have been an interesting conversation because I guess uh, in relation to all of the things we're talking about, there's an entire universe, as I say, of professionals who come into the municipalities as uh, figure city look uh, we think uh, uh, you ought to be strengthening this kind of process you ought to be resourcing a certain division uh, that will allow you to be able to periodically report to the national treasury uh, in the manner that's required by the legislation and yet you still see as the auditor general was saying that uh, even by 31st of january of this year in the 31st of january right that's uh, it's just about 6 months later still no sight of those financial statements. And then at the end of the day, we are surprised when there is under or overspending on many of the grants, when infrastructure is not delivered, when water doesn't come out of a tap, when the lights go off and uh, when uh, the bridges uh, don't function and there's potholes all over our roads. Because at the end of the day, those numbers, I guess, are the uh, numerical image or picture or story, as I indicated earlier behind delivery and I guess even the quality of some of that reporting speaks volumes about the quality and uh, the quality of the service delivery that many of uh, our people in those communities experience and uh, certainly a conversation we're going to have to have in earnest uh, as society around how do we navigate uh, the tough task of a multi-tiered local governance system how do we ensure that uh, we begin uh, to uh, go back and uh, you know in China somebody was saying to me that uh, you don't serve uh, in the upper echelons of the Communist Party of China or get uh, deployment to the upper echelons of the governance system if you have not proven yourself at a local level. And I think we need to be thinking about that kind of system here in South Africa that says we're not going to deploy you to that portfolio committee if you have never been able uh, to go into a uh, technical line function or operational function, community services, glamas parlor in that administration and proven your mettle, proven your ability to lead people, proven your ability to be able uh, to uh, follow through with the processes of government and be able to plan, spend, and report, and monitor and evaluate accordingly. Because that's the other difficulty. municipal public accounts committee What happens there? And I think that's the difficult conversation that we all ought to be having across society, across political organizations, in our homes. Uh, because all of us, we just wait for things to get worse. We just uh, sit there and we say, Yo, hey, konagala. You know? Many people often talk, uh, certainly in the neck of the woods I come from. Uh, I was in the Eastern Cape over the weekend. Uh, and I must say, you know, whether you're in Buffalo City Municipality or Ngape Inokum Kichima, and yet, it's a simple issue of saying, can you budget and prioritize repair and maintenance of the existing infrastructure? And then when you get an opportunity through whatever municipal infrastructure grant or your equitable share to be able to invest in new infrastructure, you do so 
and you complete the projects on time and you report on those projects and you ensure that the proper supply chain processes are undertaken so that those who can do the job are able to be awarded the contracts and effectively deliver on the services. And then we wonder why our economy doesn't function. Because all of the things, all of the social and overhead infrastructure that we need to ensure that people connect together, they are able to create, they are able to exchange uh, what they create with each other, which is what an economy is about. All of the things that facilitate that are in a bad state of disrepair. 16 minutes it is now uh, before 9pm and uh, we go into uh, one story uh, as uh, we go into our tech conversations uh, on this Wednesday evening. That is certainly, I guess, uh, had me thinking a lot about uh, what we understand disruption to be. You know, when we talk about disruption here in South Africa in the finance sector, uh, the only disruption we talk about is, say, you know, branchless banking. Um, so the closure of, of uh, branches and the digitization of the transactional banking uh, process and all manner of internal processes in the banks. But uh, Mark Zuckerberg was like, nah, fam, that's not, that's not where it's going to end. Uh, he's now introduced uh, with Facebook uh, Libra, which is a cryptocurrency that's facing uh, a mix of skepticism, but also fanatic excitement for many uh, of those who are following this one. And uh, yesterday, the chair of the Financial Stability Board, uh, policy coordinator for G20 Nations, said Facebook's plan to expand into retail payments could lead regulators into a closer look at uh, such financial instruments. And uh, Libra, which uh, is uh, the uh, currency that uh, they are muting here, is being launched with a few dozen partners already, including Visa and MasterCard, uh, PayPal Holdings and Uber Technologies. And uh, the ultimate goal really is to uh, use Libra to uh, have consumers pay their bills, buy things, send money, preferably do so on the Facebook network. Now, the big question uh, I'm asking today is uh, how is this going to change banking as we know it? And more importantly, uh, is it going to get to the green light from the regulators? Because we do know uh, that uh, he probably hasn't been the guy who's been playing nicely with our data and all manner of uh, privacy issues here. And uh, uh, many of you would recall, of course, the successive hearings uh, that uh, were undertaken uh, to uh, try and get to the bottom of uh, the data leaks that were happening at Facebook and even other issues such as Cambridge Analytica and uh, the uh, theft of uh, elections, which uh, just shows, I guess, uh, the uh, uh, reach of Facebook and how large an entity it's become from uh, an innovation that started in a university dorm room. So uh, we're going to be taking a look at that one, and I'm joined in studio by uh, tech expert and uh, author Namdi Oranya. He's uh, written many books, uh, including Disrupting Africa, The Rise and Rise of African Innovation, and uh, Taking on Silicon Valley, How Africa's Innovators Are Going to Change the Future. Namdi, good evening to you, my brother. Thank you so much for joining us, man. Evening, Ayobonga. It's an absolute pleasure to be in studio with you. Namdi, I mean, I I don't know. (laughs) You and I were speaking now just uh, off air and I was saying the reality of it is is that, you know, Mark Zuckerberg's Facebook here is different to the other cryptos, right? Bitcoin, rather obscure, used by a few followers who have faith and trust in that as a currency, Uh, but really uh, uh, a very difficult way to understand its own intrinsic value as well. But here you have a currency that's going to be launched by a platform that that already has 2.4 billion users across the world, that already has massive partnerships with other digital ecosystem players, it certainly does distinguish distinguish them from the other cryptos, but also, in effect, also, I guess, uh, breaks down borders from a currency and a monetary perspective. You're you're absolutely right. And uh, and I must admit, it's 
as a tech, it's quite exciting. Um, definitely for some, some industries, it might be very scary. And just to go one step back, the real mm. question we should be asking is, will banking always be here? The answer is yes, right? So for as long as there's human interaction, you have to exchange uh, goods and services, you have banking. Then the, the other question is, will banks, that we, as we know it today, be here? And the answer is maybe not, right? Mm. So this might actually be an evolution of banking. Um, and that, that in itself is, is, might be scary for the traditional incumbents. Um, but for those who actually understand the evolution of, of, of banking, this is actually just another phase. So I think what Facebook has done, and you mentioned 2.4 billion, you haven't included the likes of WhatsApp, uh, a couple right? of million. They Instagram. Have Instagram, mm. you put that, it's, I think it's no, 2.7 or close to 3 million. And you have to think about it, it's, it's actually inevitable, right? So if you have a, a platform that's just accumulating these networks um, um, across the globe, some say you have to commercialize it, mm. right? So it's inevitable that this, this would happen. Um, and I think, you know, if you look at it from a macro perspective, it might sort of disrupt, you know, traditional banking. From a micro perspective, they could do almost whatever they want to do. The pricing of banking could go down. The fees could go down. And I think with time, that's what we'll see see this to evolve into. Mm. But for many of us, I mean, uh, least of all us here on the African continent where uh, uh, migration is a major issue and the sending of remittances yes. are a major issue. The ability in the future to be able through a uh, Facebook Messenger or any other similar platform to be able to send money across borders yes. has extensive implications. Yes. You remember there was a time when you couldn't text across borders. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? Uh, now we take it for granted, right? We take it for granted. You could WhatsApp anyone in the world, right? Yeah. Take it for granted. It's the same thing, right? You could... You, Probably now you can't do it as easily as you you would you would uh, like to. Mm. But what this this brings into the mix is the ability to send money anywhere in the world, right? And it it will definitely disrupt industries such as remittances, yes, right? Where you're trying to send money. You know, people look at Africa. Africa is still one of the highest receiving um, uh, countries in the world, uh, contents of the world, over ten percent, right? What this does, it actually just removes that barrier to you know the cost the cost barrier. You can literally do it for cents if you really wanted mm, to. Mm. And one of the challenges with with the things like remittances or financial services, I use remittances as examples. People make an assumption that people want to send money, right? You don't really want to send money. There's a problem on the other side mm. that you're trying to solve, and that's what Libra is trying to do. So exactly. okay, maybe there's a bill you have to pay. As opposed to sending the money and you send Libra, you send Libra, yeah. and then you pay the bill. You pay mm. the bill, maybe the hospital bill directly, and that's what the ecosystem uh, has done. And you can see strategically, Facebook has been doing this for a while, right? They started off with because social. I mean, it sounds very well thought out. It's yeah. well thought out, mm. right? And it's just not Facebook. You think of the Silicon Valley giants. Well thought out strategies. They started off with the social networks communicating. Mm. Then they start introducing e-commerce plays, and you get used to sending, uh, uh, paying for goods and services with your card. Then you throw it in the Libra, right? You already get that that stickiness, right? Um, and I think I think that ecosystem is what they've done really well using data. Um, and for the incumbents mm. in, in industries, you know, you've got to think sure. that way. Let's yeah. pause this slightly because I want us to come back and, and uh, take a look at the multiple revenue plays there are here for, for Facebook, yes. be it on the advertising platform, but even uh, for people who list products there to be sold. Yes. Uh, the implications of them, of course, having to, I guess, list and buy in uh, to Libra probably, uh, I guess, allows the scale of adoption to happen much, much quicker. But let's yeah. take this brief break. We'll come back to that issue when we come back. Seven minutes now before 9 p.m. And uh, we're talking about Facebook's Libra 
and uh, they're set there to uh, launch a new currency. And uh, I'm in conversation with the Namdi Oranya tech expert and author. And Namdi, before we went to the break, we were talking about um, the kind of role that Facebook already has in the digital ecosystem. Yes. And how that, I guess, you know, incentivizes much more rapid adoption. Yes. Than if this was just a, a pure currency play, right? Or 100%. some Ethereum or Bitcoin, which are probably the more well-known cryptos, but there's yes. many other obscure ones that uh, people know very little about. Um, what does it mean for a Facebook internally to already have the data on the behavioral things of 2.4 or 2.7 billion people and then already have a platform where you're already offering ads? What does it mean for a brand uh, to come into that space and uh, potentially adopt Libra, I mean, it's, it's probably a no-brainer that it, I'd want to go in there and adopt Libra. It's it's absolutely no-brainer, and and when you think about the the positioning uh, Facebook have got, it's 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 it was the next evolution of 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 their strategy, right? So when you think of the data they have on people, they pretty much know everything about you, right? Because what you do, you check in at this restaurant, they know the type of restaurant you check in, they know where you travel, they know all these things about you that they can actually come up with what is called a risk-based profile. So as Which is what banks do. That's what, so mm. that's what banks mm. try to do. That's nirvana for banks, mm. right? Um, but risk-based profile is saying, we know you go to this store, you, know, you travel here, you do this, and based on that profile can come up with an index for you, right? And then we can lend accordingly to that. They have that data, you know, all about you, right? So when you look at the next step, it says, how do you provide your credit? How do you provide your payments? Which is the stickiness. But what they've done very impressively, and let's use, let's use Silicon Valley as a, as a proxy, you actually end up forgetting about the payments. Think about uh, Uber as an example. You never really think of oh, the payment. You just, you just pull it out, right? And they're gonna, what they, I think they're going to do really well is make payments disappear. Because when they, when they embed themselves in these ecosystems, like say Uber, mm. who they've partnered with, you just don't, you don't care when you say is. payments, you mean traditional currency Tradi- payments. Tra- traditional yeah. currency yeah, yeah. payments. So, you know, traditional payments, you pull out your card mm. to pay, you pull out your cash to pay. Now you, you don't want to think about it. It should just happen in the background, right? And if you look at the partners, they're starting to play with PayPal, Uber. I'll, I'll be surpri- I won't be surprised if like Amazon get on board that these things start to, to the payments disappear. So from a customer point of view, you don't worry whether it's a cryptocurrency or whether it's a card payment. You just know the payment's done. Uh, and when you look at the next step after that, I think the other industries such as telecommunications, that they could easily then disrupt, mm. right? Um, and with time, I think I think the nature or phase of certain industries will change, which is not a bad thing. I think it's mm. just the evolution of things. Yeah. The challenge is whether on a macro level, countries can handle that sure. change. Now, there's an interesting thing that uh, uh, Namdi, these guys have done here in the planning, which uh, uh, I guess responds to a, uh, a, a tweet that's come through here. And let me first read the tweet and we'll come sure. back to what it is. Uh, Makeswa on uh, Twitter saying, I see the appeal of Libra because uh, of the two point uh, or two point." 7 billion users it has, but how are they going to con- control the price volatility? Uh, because all cryptos experience this because of speculative traders and lack of regulation. I just don't see people holding the currency for everyday trade if it's, if it's that volatile. Yes. I think a bit of the answer there has to do with uh, the, the reserve system they've created on the back end. 100%. Yeah. And, and they'd be quite clever about it. So the problem with most new technologies is when you're the first mover, you typically lose because you're, trying to, you're learning, right? And you make mistakes. And I think what Facebook have done very cleverly, they've taken their time. And like you mentioned before, there's 
Ethereum, this blockchain type uh, um, um, uh, Bitcoin and the like. They've learned uh, along the way. And I think what they've done is a, is a mix of both traditional cryptocurrency type um, implementation and also trying to bring in key players such as banks, financial institutions, I think to a certain degree regulators, right, who can also help to stabilize that. Mm. So I don't think it's going to come out as a traditional crypto play. Sure. Um, I don't think you're going to trade on it. I'll be, I would be surprised if they don't open up API so mm. other people can play on the back of that. I'll be very surprised if they don't do that. Sure. Um, but but just, just the last one, I, I do know we're quickly running out of time and of course, Time flies when you're having all manner of fun. Uh, just in the last two minutes, I want us to talk about the politics. Yes. Um, and uh, just as a precursor to that uh, politics, uh, you recall when uh, Mark Zuckerberg was at the European Parliament. Yes. And one of the European parliamentarians had this to say to him. Take a listen. Now, the prospect of either creating massive contribution to mankind yeah. or creating a digital monster is something many regulators are having nightmares about across the world because they know what happened with the privacy of data once they gave uh, Zuckerberg and his uh, ilk free reign to do that. Yes. Are they going to do the same with money? You know, I think, I think it's because of the lens we're looking at this this uh, through, right? So if you look at it from a traditional lens, say think of a, a country border, uh, a, a country borders, right? You typically want to protect those borders. But when you look at the Silicon Valley kind of guys, the Facebooks, they, I don't think they're looking at this problem from a border, from a country perspective. Mm. They're looking from a digital border perspective. What's going to happen is you're going to have the Facebook country, mm. you're going to have the WhatsApp country, you're going to have the WeChat country. And it doesn't matter which physical stand you're in, uh, mm. location you're in. And when you change that lens, you, you start to see the strategy make sense in their context. But what happens in the regulatory space, because we're still looking at it from a nation state, nation state mm. perspective, it's yeah. going to be very difficult, right? Mm. I, I personally think, you know, I, I'm not too much of an optimist around it, but I think that's evolution of where okay. we're going. And what they've, what they've done, what he's trying to do, I think it's interesting is very mm. is, is actually impressive yeah uh but now are we making too much of a big deal here i mean look wechat in china has been doing it. this thing yes um, alibaba's already tapped into that kind of system and uh, in that closed market they've already been doing this anyway 100 percent. is this sure. a play i guess in response to that we don't we they, they're probably the biggest player um, who's the back cryptocurrency. That's what it is. And that's mm. why they get, get a, lot of, a lot of attention. But crypto has been around for decades. Sure, sure. Uh, and they so happen to be the guys who are back. They've, they've, they've taken a stand with crypto. Mm. And it shows that if they're taking a stand, that many other people or tech giants might go that route as well. Namdi, we'll have to leave it there, brother. And uh, I certainly hope we'll one day say in the future when we speak to our grandkids and say, that was the day. Crypto went mainstream. That's that was it. the day when crypto went mainstream. And we were studio together Indeed. talking about it. Namdi Oran, your pleasure catching up with you, man. And uh, uh, all the best, of course. And uh, certainly hope uh, a new book is in the way. So uh, It is, it yeah, is, it yeah, is. Yeah. You'll uh, let us know, you'll let, let us know. I'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> that there was Namdi Oranya, tech expert and author. Uh, of course, uh, closing things off for us this evening. Taking a look at Facebook's Libra. And uh, we'll have to leave it there. It's uh, now just uh, a minute after 9 p.m. And I leave you with the soulful sounds of the 9 to midnight team with Santa. Have yourself a great evening. Take strength, my Africa. Sisai banga. Lay economy.